So What is a podcast from The Gathering at Crossings Community Church. This podcast exists to help young adults navigate real life and cultural topics in light of what the Bible says. The Gathering meets weekly on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. at Crossings Community Church. It is a place for young adults in their 20s and 30s to belong and be known and become like Christ. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the So What podcast. Um, I'm Paige. This is Taylor. Hi. And Todd. And so we're back in our Back to the Basics series, but this week and next week, we're going to do a little bit more of an interview style because our topic is quiet time. And so the goal of this podcast is to kind of give you some different perspectives of how people do it, why they do it, and some different ways that different people do it because it's different for everyone. But before we launch into that, it is Halloween season, so I have a question. Okay. What is your favorite Halloween activity or favorite Halloween costume? Me personally, not a costume gal. However, I do love me a good haunted corn maze or some good pumpkin carving. Like, that's what I do every single year. All right. What about you guys? All right. Well, we do family costumes. Um, If you don't know, um, I'm married to Andy, who's normally here. And we have five kids. And so years ago, I think we just had four at the time. We did a family costume. And I just thought, this is so cute. We will do it as long as they want to. Well, jokes on me, it is, has been a lot of years and a lot of costumes. <laughs> and so I do think one of my favorites is when we all dressed up as the office characters. And <laughs> I was- Andy's I, favorite for sure. And I was Meredith. And I wasn't just <laughs> any Meredith. I was casual Friday Meredith. I was hoping that you were going to say, I was hoping you were casual Friday Meredith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wore like, you know, a nude colored <laughs> under things. And then I had on like the- really short little towel thing over <laughs> it was funny so yeah Amazing. i think my i think my favorite my best costume ever was when i was in grade school i was a it was like a full-sized california raisin what and if you don't know what the california raisins are or what they were you need to google it because they were awesome for some reason i was in a california raisin stage yeah. of my life and we sold candy bars at school. Y'all remember doing that uh-huh. for like a fundraiser? And I sold so many that I got to, I won like a big stuffed California raisin. I'm going to look that up. Which inspired the costume. Mm-hmm. So I had the stuffed California raisin that I carried around with me in the full-on costume. Did so, you have a saxophone? I did not have a saxophone. I don't. <laughs> there was mean, a saxophone involved in this thing? They were like, they sang and danced. <laughs> what? And musicians and animated <laughs> raisins. With arms and legs. I mean, what more could you want? Yeah, yeah. it was pretty cool. That's, That's amazing. Awesome. Well, Halloween, happy spooky season, everyone. Glad you're here. Okay, so like I said, our topic today is quiet time. So I think in order for us to cover this well, one of the topics that I want to talk about is just kind of the why behind it. Mm-hmm. Why is it important? Why should we do it? And just kind of why is it an important practice to input in as a Christian? Yeah, so I would say starting off, if we understand that our relationship with Christ is actually a relationship. That means we have to spend time getting to know him, getting to know his character, and also getting to know what he has told us about life and how we're to live our life. And so quiet time, now I grew up in the church, so I grew up around the lingo of quiet time, and that can mean different things to different people. Um, But ultimately it's just talking about spending time getting to know the Lord uh, by studying his word, by spending time in prayer, and also carving out time in your day to listen, to listen for the Holy Spirit's directing and guidance. And, um, you know, I've heard the example before, if, if, you're, if you're dating somebody or if you're married to someone, it wouldn't make any sense to never talk to them. 
so if you're married, but you never talk to your spouse, you're not going to know them very well. You're not going to have a very connected relationship. Uh, and it's the same way with God. He invites us to um, engage him and ask questions and listen. And that's one of the ways that we do it as Christ followers. Mm, that's good. I love you touched on like it's a relationship. I think that's a really important part of understanding how quiet time operates. Mm. Definitely. What do you think, Taylor? Absolutely. I agree with everything that Todd said. You know, I grew up in a time, and I grew up in the church as well, when quiet time, it was almost more of a ritual and something to kind of check off the box. Did you read your Bible today? Did you pray today? And it wasn't until um, I got older that I really saw it more as this is an opportunity to be in the presence of God, you know, rather than I have to do my Christian-y things today and check off the box of of X, Y, Z um, in order to be a good Christian, but rather um, really spend time in relationship with the Lord. So kind of the next thing I want to talk about is just, I know we throw on quiet time or devotionals or something like that in the church a lot, but we don't really see it explicitly stated in scripture as that particular practice, kind of like what you were saying, how we've been kind of raised to talk about it, where it's like, okay, did you read today? Did you pray today? X, Y, Z. So can you guys think of any like examples in scriptures where quiet time has happened and kind of how we got that concept out of the Bible? So the first thing that comes to mind, and and you're right when you say the word or the phrase quiet time is not specifically in scripture, but you see the implications of the principle, both in the Old and New Testament. Um, one, we just know by what we know of Jesus that he knew scripture really well. And he was Jewish. And in that time, if you were Jewish and in the rabbinical school, you would have been memorizing whole books of scripture. Like that was a part of their day-to-day life. It was integrated into just the normal things that they did throughout their day, much more than I would say culturally we experience that. Um, but also one of the examples that we see in Jesus is that he had a discipline of pulling away from the crowds and even pulling away from the disciples at times to spend time with his heavenly father. And if Jesus needed that, we certainly need that as well. And he, he isolates, not to disconnect from others, but he isolates to connect with his heavenly father in prayer, um, in reflection. And so that's part of our example as we model our life after Jesus. So that would be a first kind of thought mm-hmm. of some of the examples we see in scripture. Yeah, I think it's really important, you know, to recognize that um, in the context that they were in, they were hearing scripture all the time. They would wake up and say certain prayers. Certain prayers would be part of meal times. Certain psalms would be read at certain times of day. There was called prayer. There were, you know, festivals and feasts throughout the year, and so it really was the uh, built into their way of life in a way that it isn't here, even if we are in the. Bible Belt, and you have a familiarity with with the Bible, and and so we see that for one thing that that um, that the people of Scripture would have had an awareness of it that we are not going to get as automatically, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And then, yeah, again, just seeing not only Jesus Himself, but then. Um, in the example of Acts, that they were meeting together in one another's homes, they were breaking bread, they were. Um, uh, reading the scriptures and um, later on getting the letters from, you know, Paul and Peter and, and talking about those together. So uh, I think there's this idea of a, of a 
disciplines in their life that was baked in that we don't necessarily have. And so we need to bake those into our own mm-hmm. life. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> you brought up a good point about kind of culture and how theirs was very saturated in scripture. Mm-hmm. And before we started rolling, me and you were having a conversation just kind of about the different voices that people hear in culture now as opposed yeah. to scripture and kind of what role that plays. Would you mind touching on that kind of again, revisiting it for our audience? I'm sure. We were just kind of, I was talking about how when I grew up, it was a very, um, I think the temptation was to get really legalistic about quiet times. Um, But I grew up before Instagram, (laughs) before TikTok, before you could listen to podcasts and all these different preachers. It was like, maybe you caught Tony Evans on the radio, you know? Um, And so... I think maybe today there's a different temptation where there are so many voices that we can listen to um, that I think if maybe we think it's not as important for us to get into the scriptures for ourselves or to spend time with God um, one-on-one because we're getting spiritual content elsewhere. And so I think that rather than being legalistic about it, maybe today's temptation is more that it's just there's so many voices and so much content that we don't want to think that, oh, well, the Bible is just one more piece of content for my day. Just the voice of the Lord is just one more of all of these other messages and media that I'm consuming daily. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah it's, meant, it's meant to be the anchoring content mm-hmm. of my day or the the primary filter that I then sift through all the other points yeah. of content that I'm consuming or being exposed to. Yeah. That's good. I think it's just really important, like you were saying, kind of that foundation, like when you sift through all the other contents and things and just that there isn't really any substitution for your own personal time with the Lord. Like pastors and Instagram reels and videos and podcasts and books are all great, but that's not your relationship with the Lord. So I think it's a good distinction to make. That's really good. So my next question kind of that I want to dive into is just really practical is what do you guys do for your quiet times respectively now? How does that look like for you each day? So for me, it's it's always changing, um, <clears throat> and it's changed throughout. I became a Christian when I was seven, so I've kind of I've been at it for a while. Um, but really, not until adulthood, I would say, did I find more of a disciplined. Um, I hate to use the word programmatic, but a disciplined kind of scheduled time for a quiet time in certain seasons. Um, so one of the things that I attempted to do was you'll hear many people talk about a bi- reading the Bible through through the year, mm-hmm. and there'll be programs that you can do that. And I've done multiple of those, like different types. There's some chronological ones. There are ones that take like a sampling from the Old Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, New Testament, or a gospel reading. Um, and I've had some success with some of those programs, but a lot of times I would get to April or I would get lost in Leviticus and <laughs> I would get behind on my readings and then, because I'm somewhat of a perfectionist, I would start avoiding reading because I was so far behind, and then I would just give up for a while. Mm. And one of the more helpful things that somebody encouraged me with years ago uh, on those types of reading plans was, don't worry about if you got behind, just keep reading the day's readings. And that really kind of freed me up to, if I missed a section, I can always come back to that, but I'm going to stay on the schedule. So there's seasons where I've done that. And then what I've really, really enjoyed that I've done the last few years is that I will stay longer. I call it a deep dive of a certain book of the Bible. So I'll, I'll stay for a month or two, sometimes longer in one book of the Bible. And I'll do a couple cursory readings, just kind of working through it and writing down observations or questions or things that I don't understand or things that I'm confused by. Um, 
And then I'll start adding some commentaries to that to, to get some more voices in there of experts that have studied the scriptures. And I've really, really enjoyed that process because it allows me, one, to kind of slow down and um, what's the word they need to use? Uh, marinate. Marinate, yes. It allows me to kind of <laughs> marinate in that book of the Bible for a while. Uh, and I feel that I get a different perspective from it when I spend that kind of time. But I go back and forth. I get bored easy, easily. So if I don't keep changing it up, I'll get stale. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, mine's changed. We can talk about changing um, in a moment uh, because I am a mom. And so my season of life changes as my kids change and grow. And so the expectations uh, or the demands of my time change and shift. And that, But that can be true of anyone. You know, if you move or you have a, a change in life or that kind of thing. Um, anyway, but currently I, I try to do this in the morning. Um, just because uh, I think my kids and my husband and anyone that I meet, like they will, they will encounter. They will. It is better for them to encounter someone in me who has already encountered Jesus. We'll just say it that way. Like yeah. they deserve that. <laughs> I read something like that the other day. I can't remember who I it was, that. but just kind of this idea of of I want to get myself before the Lord before I get before anyone else because, you know, you're tired when you wake up. And anyway, so I try to do in the morning. It doesn't always happen, and especially when it comes to scripture reading. Like I'm just not always fresh for like a study or whatever. And so my goal is to put myself in the presence of the Lord. And um, so often that that just means I sit, <laughs> especially if I'm in a really exhausting season. I just want to sit and let everything settle. You know, it's almost like one of those, um, uh, what is it, a snow globe? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're just, it's like the snow globe is all shaken up. And so you've got all these thoughts and all these expectations and all these things you have to do. And sometimes I just need to be quiet before the Lord until all those things can settle down, you know? And so I can really just be with Him. Um, And anyway, and so that's kind of my main goal, apart from any kind of scripture reading um, or even, you know, journaling or that kind of thing. But when I am in the scriptures, I'm in a a a similar a place as Todd, where Andy and I have chosen this year. We've never done this before, like together, but we'll just pick a book of the Bible and we'll just kind of read it through that month. And it's nice because we don't stay together. There's not a real expectation of like, did I get through X chapters today? He goes faster than I do. I'm very slow. <laughs> um, and then I just, I will write down things that stand out to me. I'm a big, I write in my Bible, so I'll circle things and I'll c- connect and I'll wonder, how much time passed between this? And and I let myself ask a lot of questions. And um, and when I don't understand something, I make note of that too. I may not be able to go into it right then if I don't have time, but um, that's what we've been doing now. And I do think that there is a lot of value in doing both and making sure that you have um, a, an understanding of how all the scriptures work together, but then also taking the time to go deep um, and to go slow there's good things about both. But really my priority is is that if I don't have time to read a lot of scripture that day, it is more important for me to get my heart right before the Lord, right? I think mm-hmm. about the um, talking about uh, the Jewish practices, the Hebrew practices that every day um, when they woke up, they would they would pronounce the Shema, which is that hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then it says, 
you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Like that was what they would say when they woke up. And so I think that's a really, not that we had to say those words, but the intention of like, my purpose as a human being (laughs) is to hear and respond to the one true God and to love him. Yeah. And so if I'm going to read scripture, then I want it to be to that purpose. If that morning I'm just going to read like a page out of my utmost for his highest, <laughs> then I'm going to do that, right? So anyway, I feel like I'm rambling, but— No, that's good. Um, Yeah. That's the hit on the heart issue because I think— I know at least for me in my walk, the legalistic part of it has been a real big hindrance a lot of times for my quiet time. And I think probably a lot of people that I talk with as well. And so just kind of that pendulum shift of like, okay, like it's not necessarily what you do, it's who you're before. Mm. It's not necessarily what you are doing, but it is that you are spending that time before the Lord abiding and getting your heart right with the Lord first and foremost, whatever that looks like as well. Yeah, it's good. So kind of going off of that, I want to get really practical Because I know, at least in my life, no one ever really broke this down. So if you were telling someone who was a brand new Christian how to structure a quiet time just to kind of start off, what advice would you give them? So some general categories that I think of are you need to find a plan, you need to find a place, and you need to find a person. The plan is deciding ahead of time, this is what I'm going to try this month, and that can be a reading plan on an app, or you get a book that kind of walks you through a study of a certain book of the Bible or a devotional series. I'm going to find a place so I commit myself to. So for me, my place has changed depending on the season. So I like to be outside as much as I can in the backyard, but in the winter that gets hard. So I shift to my office. Um, but the place is important that you have kind of a sacred space. And part of that is just building ritual and rhythm into your life. And then a person, and that's somebody that knows what you're doing. So they can encourage you on it and they can ask you about it. It builds in some accountability. Um, not so that you're checking a list or checking off a box on a list, but I always do better when I know that somebody else is going to ask me questions about what I'm reading. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the importance of community and I think it's, even though our quiet times are very personal and we tend to do them in isolation, um, it's still good to have a communal aspect to what we're learning, what we're seeing, or if we're just struggling through a book or just kind of bored with scripture at the moment, Mm -hmm. to have somebody encourage you through that. Um, One kind of, uh, can you say hack? One devotion hack? hack? Go with it. That's cool. Yeah, sure. Um, that That I started practicing a couple years ago was if I don't know where to start or if I'm not feeling like reading scripture that day, I will at least read a proverb. Mm. And I found that a lot of times uh, if I'll start with one chapter of Proverbs, that's kind of like the warm-up session that gets you out of bed and wakes you up or whatever, metaphorically. And then I'm usually like, all right, I want to read a little bit more. But I know I can at least read one proverb. At most, it takes six minutes, the longest chapter maybe, that mm-hmm. if you read slow. Um, so that was great for me to find just this little step I could always take, regardless of how much time I have or how I'm feeling, to kind of get me going. Mm-hmm. Well, you, th- you might have a really good point, just like a little easy step. And I think something um, that's really important to talk about quiet time is setting realistic goals for yourself. Because mm-hmm. I was the girl who set goals, like this person that I want to be. So I remember I was in a season where like I was not reading my Bible regularly at all. And I was like, I'm going to do the Bible recap, which is great. But if you don't know it, it's like six chapters a day and a podcast and like a reading. And so it's really daunting. So I gave up when I hit about mm, February, March, because I got really behind and I was setting goals where I wasn't developed yet. And so I think that's really important too, is like being able to realize, okay, like 
this is where I'm at. And if I'm just reading a verse today or if I'm reading a chapter a day, like you can kind of build up from that. Absolutely. Well, we, we we think this way about other areas of our life, right? Like if you want to start working out, you're not like, I'm going to do an Ironman this weekend, you know, <laughs> like, or you don't go straight into some crazy, you know, um, hit class or something yeah. that's advanced. Like you start off where you are with what you can actually do in your actual life. Maybe you take a walk a, couple, a few times a week, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think it's similar with any discipline and a spiritual discipline like this. It, it's meant to be for our good. And God wants to meet with us like he wants to and so we can't get in our own way I think uh, any kind of methodology we need to make sure that it is actually helping us you know like when Jesus talked about the Sabbath he said you know man wasn't made for the Sabbath but Sabbath for the for the man mm-hmm. and, and basically saying hey God gave us this opportunity to meet with him in this rule about Sabbath in the scriptures or this opportunity to read this read the word and be with him um, in a quiet time. And that is meant to help us, not for us to bend ourselves into some knot that, and then to get so frustrated yeah. when the way that I've chosen to do it isn't working for me. And so I do think that any kind of methodology you choose, you are you can adjust it, like Todd was saying, like kind of see, this is what I think I'm going to do this month, and then hold it loosely, be consistent. If you miss a day, like God's not mad at you. <laughs> you just, you missed out on something that you could have learned or you could have seen about yourself or about Him. But that's okay. Like tomorrow's a new day. So I just, I know that's not exactly practical, but for me as someone who tends to get kind of legalistic, like you're saying, just to realize like this is an opportunity and it is for me and God is for me. So just start small, like pick a place, pray. I like to light a candle. I know that that's Mm -hmm. a silly thing, but something about that is just like, okay, this is a holy moment. You know, I like to put my phone in a different room as well, because I'll be like, I'll just look up a commentary real quick. And 15 minutes later, who knows what I'm doing? (laughs) So for me, sometimes those little practices are helpful. And then, yeah, just pick something that I'm going to do and and then just check in later and be like, am I feeling conflicted or guilty or is there something impeding on this time? And then I can reassess. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple other thoughts too. Um, something that was helpful for me is when I realized that every quiet time is not meant to be earth shattering. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as a young Christian, that was my expectation that every time I read scripture, I had to have this earth shattering insight, life change, something. And when that wouldn't happen, it would become discouraging. Yeah. And that totally misses the point. Like Taylor's saying, this is an invitation to walk with God and allow him to reveal himself to us. Um, And some days are going to be blow your mind crazy. And other days are just going to be pretty normal. And, 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 you know, I'm in a group of of guys and we're all in the ministry. And in our weekly meeting, we start out with somebody shares what they've been reading. And I love it because all of us in our careers have spent a lot of time prepping devos or talks or sermons. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the rules that we have is this is not something you prep for. It's not a sermon. It's what you read that day. That's it. And I love it because some days it's kind of dull. It's like I was in Amos today or I was reading and mm-hmm. whatever. And, Leviticus. And I'm not really sure what the takeaway is, but there was this impression and that might spark something in somebody else. But it really normalized, yeah, this is just supposed to be a daily thing. And the other thing that comes to mind, one of my all-time favorite staff meetings, this was a long time ago, um, we were talking about quiet times and how everybody on staff does quiet times. And one of the pastors 
described his quiet time and he was like, you know, I love to get up super early. I make a cup of coffee. I sit in my recliner or lazy boy or whatever in the front room and I'll sit there for an hour and just read and I love it. And it's awesome. Then we had another pastor get up and said, that makes me about want to throw up. <laughs> that sounds miserable. I could never do that. And it was really, it was really funny, funny moment, but it, it drove home a really important, um, I think point that it's not all going to look the same for us. And I grew up thinking it has to look very, very rigid. And um, it didn't really allow for how, how my brain works, how I learn. Um, and so recognizing that, yeah, my habits in quiet time may look different than Taylor's or Paige's or whoever's. Uh, but the important thing is that I'm engaging in it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm willing to explore what does work best for me. And not, not use that as an excuse. I think sometimes we can do that too. Like, oh, I can't sit and read or pay attention. It's like, that's true. That's true for me. I have a hard time paying attention when I'm reading, but I have to find ways to get beyond that so I don't miss out on what God has for yeah. us. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so my last question is, what advice would you give to someone who struggles with quiet time and who struggles with kind of having that desire? Because I think that's probably a large part of it too because there's a lot of, legalistic or there's a lot of guilt associated with it a lot of times what i see with people is they're like i just kind of don't want to carve out that time or why should i and so what would your advice be to that person well first i would say we don't do quiet times because we feel like doing them just like we don't eat healthy because we feel like doing it or we don't wait to go to the gym until we feel like going to the gym it's a discipline for a reason it's not based on our feelings mm -hmm. so it's great to express that. And even there's many times in prayer, I'll say, God, I do not feel like spending time with you today. There's, you know, the emotions are not there, but we're called to do it regardless of what we're feeling. So I would say coming to terms with that would be a place to start. Um, and then what was the other part of your? Um, just kind of what would your advice be for someone kind of going for it? They're like, hey, Todd, I really struggle with my quiet time yeah. and wanting to do it. Boom. Yeah, so I think finding the right on-ramp for you is really, really important. So for some people that I'm maybe discipling or working with, the next step for them would be, many times I've recommended somebody starting with a, a children's Bible when they're struggling to kind of get into the text um, and know what's going on kind of in the big picture overview of scripture. A children's Bible is a great way to get some of the big stories and to help you start to have a broader scope of what's going on then you can start digging deeper after that. Um, that's a, it's a great way to begin. For others, they're ready for um, beginning to expand their, their prayer time and their journaling and the reflecting on the scripture that they're reading. So uh, maybe for a long time, your quiet time looks like I read a couple chapters out of a book, I say a quick prayer, and then I move on. And if, if that's where you've been, that's great. But probably your next step is I need to start writing down some things or getting some other tools to help me dig deeper uh, than just a cursory reading of the text. Mm -hmm. So it kind of depends on where they're at. But I think um, identifying what is your next step, where do I need to grow, where do I want to grow, not where do I think I can, but where do I need to, and then getting a plan in place. That's good. Would be my yeah. thought. Yeah. Um, I think it's good to identify what is actually the obstacle. Like what what am I coming up against that is either intimidating to me or makes this feel like a chore yeah. uh, rather than an invitation. I think 
that even just defining that can be helpful. Um, maybe you think you have to have it in the morning and you're just not a morning person. And so you need to let yourself free of that expectation and be like, you know what? In the morning, I'm just going to say a quick prayer or whatever it is. And then later on in the day when I have a moment, a lull, then then um, set that side of time, that time aside. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, and then asking too, are my expectations of this time, um, is it, is it a good expect, is it a proper expectation? Is it right sized? Um, and then just sort of, I don't know, play with it a little bit. I know that that we don't often think of, of play being a spiritual discipline, but it actually can be like, can you pair, um, listening to the Bible on an app? Um, I love the Dwell Bible app because mm-hmm. you can have music behind it. You, if you, if you have that app, listen to David. He is the best narrator. Um, <laughs> or on on the U version, he's on there too, but he doesn't have music behind there. And it's the uh, I can't remember that NIV UK. Anyway, great voice. So um, <laughs> listen to that. Go for a walk. Go sit in nature. Do you? Is there something you could do? I know that's probably not an everyday thing, but is there something else that you can do? Um, is there an? Because I think all spiritual disciplines are sort of like it's like you're putting up your sail, right? I think sometimes we treat them like we're in a canoe and we're having to like paddle our way into a relationship with God, rather than just you should know about this, Todd. Like Todd sails, put up your sail and point yourself right in the direction, and then you got that's God is going to come. Mm-hmm. I just, I just. I'm convinced that he wants to meet with his people. He wants to speak to us. But we have to kind of set ourselves up for that because we are forgetful people. And so what rituals can you do? How can you shake things up? Um, So much of it depends on the way that we're wired. Um, But like Todd said, we can't just rely on what we feel like doing in that moment. And the truth about the matter is, is what we do actually shapes the way we feel. Mm -hmm. And so you can actually behave your way into a different feeling, (laughs) which sounds counterintuitive, but I've seen it happen again and again in my own life. That's good. Well, I I love the what you said about identifying what are the blocks. Yeah, because um, sometimes we can be trying to just you know force our way through a wall that really needs to be talked through or analyzed or processed with somebody. Um, because it's hindering our discipleship or hindering. And I think that's important to recognize, yeah, that there may be a legitimate block here that that needs some attention instead of trying to pretend it's not there or just muscle our way through it because it usually doesn't doesn't work <laughs> yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is, you know, experiment with what works for you, give it a month or so, and then allow for some honest reflection on, is this working or is this not? So for example, um, many people are not, morning people, morning persons. Um, so they may try to do it later in the day. And the question would be, is that actually working? Yeah. You know, the, the advantage of doing it first thing or early is that there's less opportunities for things to get in the way. Like that happens with life, uh, with families or kids or work or whatever. Um, so it's just give yourself an honest evaluation. Is this working the best or need, or do I need to keep tweaking it? And I'm convinced, you know, I've been Christian for a long time. I'm convinced that I will always be tweaking my time with the Lord and how I do it, how I structure it. Um, Stage of life impacts that. I remember my sister-in-law talking about, she kind of wrestled through pre-kids. She would have a big chunk of time to spend in the Word, uh, which felt like I'm doing it right and this is how it should be. And then after kids, 
that time was constantly being interrupted and she felt like, you know, maybe I'm failing or I'm not doing this right. And for her, it was recognizing it's a different season. Yeah. So it's going to look yeah. different now yeah. mm-hmm. than it did yeah. in college or after college or right. whatever. I mean, I could have said those exact same words as a mom. And I'll tell you one other thing um, is that everyone will have a season one day that's crazy. It may not be because of parenting, but what you do today um, is going to set you up for that season. Like I had those long, quiet times in college and, and in my early 20s before I had kids. And then when when I couldn't have it, I did wrestle with that. But then I realized a lot of those things that I had learned and that I had tucked away, like that fed me. Like I had a deep well with, sorry to get a little emotional, but a deep well of scripture tucked away in my heart that would just shoot up when I needed it. Not to say I didn't try, you know, Mm -hmm. and I read a lot of children's Bibles to my kids and Mm -hmm. let me tell you, they're great. Okay. (laughs) They're Sometimes that would be my only time in the word, but, um, like God is not surprised by your stage of life. He just isn't. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to speak to you and we just have to open ourselves up to him and yeah, not be as married to our quiet time as we are uh, committed to following Jesus and um, being discipled uh, to him. So it's going to look different. And yeah, that dig your well now, man, because you're going to need it one day in a dry season or a really busy season or a change of life that knocks you flat. You know, it's not wasted. No time um, in in the word and especially in the presence of God is wasted. Yeah. So yeah. that's good. Well, thank you guys both so much for mm-hmm. coming and joining on the podcast. I'm just going to share your personal experiences with us. I know I've been blessed by it, and I'm sure our listeners will be too. Um, and then next week as well, we're going to have Bill and Terry on our podcast, just kind of learn a little bit more about what they do for quiet time and just to kind of give you guys some different resources, different perspectives. That way you can implement this in your life as well. We hope you have a good week.